If you think about people associated with the Underground Railroad, the first person that may cross your mind is Harriet Tubman, and rightfully so. But we don't often hear about many other conductors and abolitionists that were along the Underground Railroad. But today, we're going to change that. If you thought Harriet was a tough cookie, wait until I tell you about Aunt Polly Jackson. Season 2, Episode 3. This is Black History Moments, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of Black historical figures that I feel like don't get the adequate attention and recognition they deserve. And my name is Shakira. This is the story of Polly Jackson. So before we get started, I really wish I had more information for you all when it comes to Polly Jackson, but because records get lost and stories and history get lost throughout the years, especially when we're talking about the late 18th century, early 19th century, it's amazing we know half the things we know about that time, but I say that to say it's so important for us to document things and stories so that future generations can know. All right. With that being said, there isn't much information about Aunt Polly Jackson's early life. Trust me, I dug and I dug until I couldn't dig anymore, but I still feel like her story is worth sharing because it is. So, because I don't want to just assume before we get started that everyone knows what the Underground Railroad was, let's start there. I'm going to read you this excerpt from an article And by the way, I always list the references in the description of the podcast episodes, just in case you want to go back and read something for yourself. They are always listed there. But this excerpt is from PBS. It says, quote, the Underground Railroad, a vast network of people who helped fugitive slaves escape to the north and to Canada, was not run by any single organization or person. Rather, it consisted of many individuals, many whites, but predominantly black, who knew only of the local efforts to aid fugitives and not of the overall operation. Still, it effectively moved hundreds of slaves northward each year. According to one estimate, the South lost 100,000 slaves between 1810 and 1850. An organized system to assist runaway slaves seems to have begun towards the end of the 18th century. In 1786, George Washington complained about how one of his runaway slaves was helped by, quote, a society of Quakers formed for such purposes. The system grew, and around 1831, it was dubbed the Underground Railroad. The system even used terms used in railroading. The houses and businesses where fugitives would rest and eat were called stations and were run by what were called station masters. Those who contributed money or goods were called stockholders, and the, quote, conductor was responsible for moving fugitives from one station to the next. For the slave, running away to the north was anything but easy. The first step was to escape from the slaveholder. For many slaves, this meant relying on his or her own resources. Sometimes a conductor posing as a slave would enter a plantation and then guide the runaways northward. The fugitives would move at night. They would generally travel between 10 and 20 miles to the next station, where they would then rest and eat, hiding in barns and other out-of-the-way places. While they waited, a message would be sent to the next station to alert its station master. The fugitives would also travel by train and boat. These were things that had to be paid for. Money was also needed to improve the appearance of the runaways. 
A black man, woman, or child in tattered clothes would invariably attract suspicious eyes. This money was donated by individuals and also raised by various groups, including vigilance committees. I want you all to remember that term for next week. All right, continuing. Vigilance committees sprang up in the larger towns and cities of the North, most prominently in New York, Philadelphia, and Boston. In addition to soliciting money, the organizations provided food, lodging, and money and helped the fugitives settle into a community by helping them find jobs and providing letters of recommendation. The Underground Railroad had many notable participants, including John Fairfield in Ohio. He was the son of a slaveholding family who made many daring rescues himself. Levi Coffin, he was a Quaker who assisted more than 3,000 slaves. And we know Harriet Tubman, who made 19 trips into the South and escorted over 300 slaves to freedom. End quote. So now, let's talk about someone who isn't mentioned in these articles. Polly Jackson. So Polly was an escaped slave herself, and it's said that she escaped and went north using the Underground Railroad system, and she ended up staying in a settlement near Ripley, Ohio, and the name of that settlement at the time was Africa, Ohio. So by the time she arrived there, of course, it's named Africa, Ohio, but it wasn't always named that. It was actually East Orange, Ohio, and so in 19, no, 18, 24, a man named Samuel Patterson, he got to East Orange, Ohio, and Samuel and all his people were against slavery, so much so that he got himself some land and he started building these different barns, several barns on the land. So the barns on the outside looking in were for his farm animals and his farm work, but Samuel really had another use for them. He would start using his home as a stop on the Underground Railroad, so he would allow escaped black people to come there and hide, rest, eat, etc., and they would often use these barns that he had built on his land. Well, Samuel, he even went as far as letting anti-slavery speakers come and speak in the pulpit at his church. And because everyone in the church's congregation was not with that, they just were not here for it, some of them were pro-slavery. Because of that, the church split. So with the split, Samuel and others who were also against slavery went off and created another church. And in doing that, one of the people that were pro-slavery from the church um, he was trying to be funny, so he started, you know, referring to East Orange, Ohio as Africa, Ohio, trying to be funny, you know, as a joke. But Samuel and his people, they embraced it, and it just started being called Africa, Ohio. They just went with it. Well, this is important to know because in Africa, Ohio, and I just love this, when escaped black people came through since it was a stop on the Underground Railroad, they had two choices in Little Africa, Ohio. Um, they could rest there, eat, re-up on things that they needed, and they could keep going further north. Or they could stay, and when they stayed, they would be offered land to have and to live on. And that's just so amazing to me, but I digress. So Aunt Polly, when she arrived in Africa, Ohio, she decided to take the land offered to her instead of continuing north. 
smart woman, and she used the land to farm and sustain herself. So after a while, she's middle-aged at this time, and so the slave owners down south, they were getting hip to this whole Underground Railroad thing. So they were like, okay, we got something for that. So they came up with what was called the Reverse Underground Railroad. And what they did was they would pay white people up north to capture escaped slaves and send them back. I don't want to say slaves. I don't want to escaped people who were enslaved. Yes. Um, they would pay these people up north to capture them. And sometimes the people that they captured weren't even former enslaved people. Some of them were children born into freedom just out on the streets of New York City in Boston and Philadelphia, and these gangs would kidnap them and sell them to slaveholders down south. It was just terrible, but sometimes these people would act as if they were conductors there to help escape black people, and they would lead them back to their homes, and when they got them to their homes, unbeknownst to the black people, they're thinking that these people are actual conductors on this underground railroad system, they weren't. And so when they get to these homes, the people would hold them hostage. And once they got them there, sometimes they would injure them to keep them from being able to travel. Sometimes they would kill them. And because Aunt Polly had this land, she would see these escaped people making their way up north through her property. Now, remember... That's how she got there in the first place. So she already knows what's going on when she sees black people making their way through her property. She already knows what's happening because been there, done that. Well, after a while, she started seeing these people coming and pretending to help the escape black people, but then capturing them. So she decided she needed to do something about it. Now, this is a little tidbit that's important to know, because when it came to slavery, Young people were prime property, prime real estate to these slaveholders. Yes, they still had older people who were enslaved, but for the most part, older people couldn't do the work that someone younger could. And so when these anti-abolitionists came to capture escaped black people, they weren't checking for old people. And Aunt Polly knew this. She was clever. So she would dress as an older lady, even though she was middle-aged. And how I see it in my head is she probably adjusted her posture. She probably slowed down her speech and adjusted her mannerisms. She probably wore clothing that was more likely to be worn by an older woman at the time. And she would use this to her advantage because she knew if they saw an old, weak lady, they weren't going to mess with her. And because she knew this, she used that to her advantage so that when anti-abolitionists saw her, they were like, oh, that's just an old lady. It's whatever. But that would be a mistake on their behalf because the legend has it. Aunt Polly will wear a cloth and she would drape the cloth over her shoulders. And the cloth was there to hide her two weapons of choice. One was a butcher knife and the other was a kettle of hot boiling water. Now, side note. Those had to be some really good kettles back in the day to be able to keep water hot that long. I wish I had one. But she would play the part 
of a weak old woman and they leave her alone. And so when she attacked, she would use her knife to fight them off. And if the knife wasn't enough, she would use her kettle of hot water and throw it on them. And that surely did the job every single time. She often attacked these anti-abolitionists at night because, I mean, it only makes sense to. They can't really see you that well in the dark. And after she would fight them off, she would get the people that they had captured and bring them back to her home in Africa, Ohio. Once they got there, they would stay, eat, rest, get new clothing, whatever they needed to do. And if they wanted to keep going north, because remember, they had the option to stay there if they wanted to. But if they wanted to keep going north, she would give them the directions to the next stop on the railroad. But Aunt Polly's story is so important because word of what she was doing started spreading. And because of her, others found the courage to fight back. This led to the deaths of a lot of anti-abolitionist slave hunters, and Aunt Polly did that. Her actions gave other people the courage that they needed to fight back, and this alone helped suppress, aided, I'll say, aided in suppressing the reverse underground railroad system that these slaveholders developed. So, next time you think of the Underground Railroad and Harriet Tubman, Remember Aunt Polly Jackson and how her fearlessness aided in us being where we are today. Remember that you too are Black History. And next time we meet, we will be in Black History Month. I love Black History Month. So heads up, because you're here listening, um, you may want to follow the Instagram page, which is at Black History Moments, because every single day of February, hear me here, Every single day in February, we will be sharing a new individual that is important to our history and to our story, and you don't want to miss it, so follow the Instagram page. Remember that you two are Black History, and I'll see you next week. Bye!